the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, the chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. And we're trying to find a doctor to unjoin us. Because I've been <laughs> I've been joined to you far too long. I'm tired of the whole you know, Siamese twins thing. Don, every one of our listeners, both of them, is now saying that's too much information. I think Ben Carson could help. Who's that disembodied voice that just chimed in there, Greg? um, Let's make the audience guess. Say something else. He's speaking when when he's not been spoken to yet. (laughs) Bad guest. Bad guest. Uh, well, but but seriously, um, we're pleased and we're joined today by uh, Sean Flynn, who's a professor of economics at Scripps College. He wrote the book Economics for Dummies. Is that is that the is that the Democrats' economic plan or what is or what is, or what is that? I think it cuts across party lines, quite frankly, right now in Washington. Yes. Good. And and, what really led led us to invite him is he's become an expert on health care economics. And since that's much in the news with the Senate debating possible repeal and replacement of Obamacare, don't hold your breath, that uh, we bring him in and what's going on in American health care, what's going on with Obamacare, and what's going on with the uh, Republican plans to try to replace and uh, repeal. Oh, this is going to be a short segment. What's going on with Obamacare? It's crashing and burning. What's going on with repeal and replace? It's crashing and burning. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but... Sean's like, what is well, going on here? What's happening? Well, well, Sean, thanks for coming in. Don's pretty well filled it. Done, done your work for you here today. No, it's a real treat to have you no. here and uh, and to get some real, um, you know, legitimate understanding of, you know, maybe what is it that uh, has caused Obamacare to crash and burn? Um, what is the replacement strategy uh, for from the Republicans in Congress? Do they have one? What's in, what's incorporated in their Replacements and, and your opinions. What should they be doing? Why don't you start with the overview? What's what's happening with healthcare in America? How much are we spending? What kind of results are we getting? And where does that stack up with with, with other countries? Okay, well, it's not good, and I think everyone already knows that. The numbers, though, sort of bring out just how not good it is. We are spending by far the most in the world, and we're getting really kind of awful results. So let me start with the results. We are, I think, currently forty second in life expectancy worldwide. Um, you know, it's out of 180 countries. Not good. It's the lowest of pretty much all the developed countries. We are something like 55th in maternal mortality, uh, you know, whether a mom will die after giving childbirth. What number? I think we're 55th. 55th in maternal M- mortality. mortality. So, yeah, whether, whether a mom will die after, you know, giving childbirth. And then uh, the infant mortality, we're, I think, in the high 40s, 47 or 48. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's really embarrassing. So, I mean, just, I mean, it's also a human tragedy. You know, the countries with the lowest infant mortality, kids are so much more likely to survive their first year there that if a mom gives birth here compared to, you know, in the leader countries, places like Singapore, 
um, their child is three times more likely to die in its first year mm. than than in the, the you know the countries with the best systems there, and so outcomes are at best mediocre. How much of all that is the is the healthcare system, and how much of that is lifestyle issues? And I would add a, a, sec, a third component to that. How much of that is access, as in insurance, giving people access to the care that they need? Okay, let me deal with those one at a time. Um, the, the access, actually, let me start with the access, because that's actually a more embarrassing thing. You know, we, we've tried to provide access um, through health insurance the way we've done it since the Great Society, both to seniors with Medicaid and to uh, people with lower incomes with, uh, I'm sorry, Medicaid for people with lower incomes, Medicare for the seniors. Um, most people don't know this, but there's a huge academic literature, lots of studies. If you have Medicaid in America, your healthcare outcomes are actually worse than if you don't have any insurance at all. And I know that doesn't make sense to people, but it's because Medicaid has been so poorly funded, especially in blue states, right? So they're under political pressure, the Democrats um, or people further left like Bernie Sanders to keep adding more and more people to the Medicaid rolls for political purposes, um, but they don't fund it well enough. So the actual amount of money per patient, per Medicaid enrollee, goes lower and lower and lower. And so in some states, Medicaid pays 30, 40 cents on the dollar relative to what private insurance would pay for a doctor for doing the same treatment. And their reimbursement rates are so low that uh, most doctors won't take Medicaid. And as a result, if you have Medicaid, it's basically fake insurance. You know, you're in the Medicaid Mm. system, but Will a doctor actually see you? They have huge long, wait long times. They can't get to good specialists. They can't get to the best people. And so it actually turns out in America, and you're talking about access, it's ac- you're actually better off not having insurance and just rolling into the emergency room no when way. you feel something. Yeah, which is, which is terrible. Um, how about is there a way to, to uh, quantify that conversation in terms of the VA and the outcomes for veterans through the VA system? Another system administrated by the government is there any is there anything that you know you can you can share with our listeners that compares outcomes for the veterans through the VA to Medicare and some of the other things you just quoted or is that the, just too far I, off I have not read any of the studies in detail I've seen like titles and read the abstracts um okay. I, I think the best evidence there though is that if you ask people in, <laughs> in the VA system um, would they like access to outside the system? And they invariably say yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just, just you know, if you ask the vets themselves. And my dad was a vet. My mom actually worked at a VA hospital a little. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, when John McCain had his recent surgery to remove the tumor, it wasn't at a VA hospital. No. And interesting. Just, yeah. Just uh, you know, this is not a knock on the uh, you know really good medical doctors and nurses. The VA are trying their hardest. This is a absolutely it's a system. It's, it's a, a system, system problem. Yeah, yeah, administrative system system problem. Well, back to your first two questions that I kind yeah, of yeah. Sorry, I got derailed. Okay, so we, I do we, that. So we have this very very expensive, doesn't provide good results. What's, and the cost, I mean, tell us about what's happening with the cost of medical care and what's happened to that under Obamacare, and the cost of insurance, rather. Okay, so it, it, since 1965, um, there were for decades, like almost four decades, the cost of health insurance in America, both public and private, because you know we think of Medicaid and Medicare as a health insurance system rather than just a welfare system, and then private health insurance, we're going up 8 9% a year, and that, that's a lot of compound interest. Things got really out sure. of control. Just for our listeners so that they know, 
compound interest. You take an interest rate, divide it into the number 72, and that tells you how many times it takes, how many years it will take for something to double. So if you're paying $100 a month for health insurance and there's a 9% growth rate in the cost, 9 into 72 goes eight times. So essentially your premiums will double in eight years. That's right. And after after 16 years, it's two doubling. So they're quadruple after another bunch of years. It's it's going to be double of that, and you're up, you know, up to eight. You know, it's just it, it, it horrible. It adds up so fast, and so that you know slowed down a little after Obamacare. But you have to be really careful here because if you look at all the other countries in the world, the rich countries, the the rate of medical price inflation, healthcare costs going up, also slowed down in Canada, slowed down in England, slowed down in all these other places that obviously didn't pass Obamacare. So you don't want to be giving Obamacare any credit there. So things decelerated a little. I think they went up 4% last year, something like that, okay. which, which is better than 8 or 9%. But they're still going up really fast. And then that's system-wide, though, Greg. What I think you actually want to talk about were insurance premiums. Like if you're running a small business here in the Inland Empire and uh, you want to compare you know, what you were paying for your employees, their premiums, say, in 2008 with now, they've doubled, easily doubled. Yeah, I know that the, the, the individual policies, and I have an individual policy, mm-hmm. has since Obama came into place, has more than doubled. Yeah. My, my premiums went up 23% Just last for, this year. Year, for this year. Wow. Wow. And we can discuss that because it, it has to do yeah. with the way Obamacare was designed. We need to take a break here, but we'll come and dig into this more about the system and what the Republicans are trying to do with it. And, and I've, seen, I've seen our guest, Sean Flynn, showing up at some political events around the Inland Empire in Southern California. And I want to find out why are you so visible at all these political events? What's going on, Sean? We'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, why, after the why, break. Is he ta- why is he wasting his time here today with us? <laughs> Uh, but there's now time for a word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now. And from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We have in our studios today and in someone who is uh, very, very uh, hardwired into the health system of our country, the Obamacare insurance. He's an economics professor from Scripps Institute. Sean Flynn joins us. His, his expertise is on economics, but he specializes in understanding our health system and what drives it, what uh, its frailties and uh, shortcomings are. And we're talking about... 
Uh, Obamacare, of course, big news this week. The Senate failed to repeal a full repeal, which, by the way, Greg, what... What is what is what has changed? And maybe this is a question for you to t- chime in on, Sean. What has changed in two years that these senators who voted for a full repeal just this week decided they can't vote for a full repeal? What's changed? Uh, President Trump. Last time they knew President Obama was going to veto it, and now that they know that President Trump would sign it, oh nope. Uh, Would you agree with that, Sean? Yeah, and I think the Republicans got boxed in politically because the Democrats have been messaging on the number of people covered by Medicaid, and you're going to throw people off Medicaid. And so every single Republican plan basically can be made to look completely and horribly awful to the poor by the Democrats. And so I think the Republicans got stuck on that and now are terrified, as Greg was pointing out, to do anything because – you know, they will get messaged against for the next 18 months. That and they part of that is because Senator so-and-so voted to throw 22 million right. Americans right. Off, right. off of their health Well, insurance. and part of that is because mm-hmm. the CBO is in love with the individual mandate, because from a projection standpoint, it's very easy to project, oh, take away the mandate, throw 22 million people off of health insurance because those people were forced to buy you know, what percentage of those people, I think they said 72% who were forced to buy it, bought it because they were forced to buy it. Right. And so that, so that the CBO number is, uh, not only is the CBO unreliable, they've been- Especially wi- in this they, area. They've been wild ass wrong repeatedly on Obamacare projections. Right. But it's, it's exactly, the vast majority of that 22 million are people that once they don't legally have to buy insurance, will choose not to. Got it. So you were we were talking about health outcomes and does our health care system provide, uh, you know, a better health care uh, than the rest of the world? And Greg had asked you about what are the things that contribute to some of the things that you shared. We're 42nd in life inspect- expectancy in the world, 55th in terms of maternal mortality, moms dying in or near childbirth, 40 percent and I 40th. And I forget what the other one was. But um, so what what percentage of that is due to? Bad lifestyle. You, Greg, had said, you know, how how much of this is quantified in people drinking sugary soft drinks and not exercising and whatever else contributes to the. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that out because 80% of health outcomes are not medical. That is to say, they're things like, do you diet? Do you exercise? Uh, did you have parents who read to you when you were young so that you now can read medicine labels? So 80% of health outcomes are not going to the hospital or going for annual checkups. They're also public health things. You know, the, 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 the biggest thing we ever did in America to extend people's lives was sewer treatment plants, right? No way. The sec- yeah, and the second biggest really? thing. Really? Yeah, and the second biggest thing was refrigeration. Would you have guessed that? Yes. Yeah. Seriously, I, you would have guessed oh, sewer pu- public systems. Oh, absolutely. That's, that was, that's been a, historically has been a gr- tremendous source of disease. Wow. And I, it, it, I would it was, never have guessed that. It was clean water and the sewage that is brought dramatic All increases right. in Okay. Yeah, and then, and then the, ne- the next one after that and was refrigeration. So food didn't right. rot, especially on the way to the farm, like meat slaughterhouses. Imagine 1870 and no refrigeration. Oh, yeah. No, I've often thought yeah. about that. What did they do with their— But there's an important, there's an important uh, aside to that. Why were we able to do that? It was because of the development of fossil fuels that provided the energy. It was because of America. America brought all that about. The Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. What made America great? Sewers and refrigeration. America. Right? Not not sexy, but but in terms of in terms of of healthcare and and healthy and good health. Absolutely. Okay. Well, and you know things like today, I've I've got friends with kids who are kindergarten, preschool age, early K through six. 
um, a lot of the schools have canceled PE programs, and we're wondering why oh, we have an obesity wow. epidemic yeah. among kids. Is that we they, we don't teach them to run around basically and get get a lot of energy out? I want to come. You've you've talked about this, but I think that the number one problem in American healthcare is the lack of an economic relationship between the patient consumer and the doctor hospital provider. Elaborate on that. Sure. So basically we have what we call, an economist would call a third-party payer system. So if, if I'm the first party, the person at the, the hospital, I'm the one that's sick, the doctor's the second party. You know, if it was a cash and carry medical system, it would just be us talking to each other, him treating me, doing whatever he thought was best, and me paying for him. The way we buy everything else. We negotiate for everything else. You know, you go in. I did this the other day in Verizon. Uh, They said the price is A. I said, how about B? And they were like, okay. Yeah. But you can't do that. You can't do that here because we have a third-party payer system. It's either the VA paying right. or it's Medicaid paying or it's Medicare or Medi-Cal paying. Or, like me, I'm lucky enough to have a nice private sector job with good health insurance. Blue Cross Blue Shield is picking up 90% of the tab, and the doctor knows that. And the doctor also knows the only way he can get any of that money is running a bunch of medical billing codes. You know, one for when I walk in the door, one if he gives me, a, you know, a, takes my temperature. I mean, there's there's 64,000 medical billing codes. And so his incentive is to do whatever the billing code people say so he can actually, you know, support his family rather than what's in my best interest. And that's that's the disaster of third-party payments, the third-party I think when I was insurance hosp- company. I think when I was hospitalized for my illness, they used 63,000 of those 64,000. <laughs> <laughs> the bill was like amazingly huge, complex, everything from, like you said, temperature, taking your temperature to, you know, the medicine and the procedures. So no, so no one is going to spend someone else's money as carefully as they're going to spend their own money. When, they, when you're with first party, you want the best quality for the lowest cost. If you're if, it's, if it's someone else is paying, I, w- I want the best quality. I don't I don't I don't give a you know what about. And this is where health savings be. accounts begin to come into the equation, right? Can health savings account help with this? Well, people need cash in their pocket somehow to do cash and carry to actually have a two-party medical system again where it's just the first party and second party of the patient and the doctor. One way to achieve that is to make sure that, you know, they have not only health savings accounts, but to make sure they're filled up with money so that people could actually go out there instead of the insurance company or the government and actually talk to the doctors directly and avoid all these complications like your 63,000 billing codes. Right, exactly. We've got to take a quick break right now. We'll be back with Sean Flynn. He's an economics professor from Scripps. Col- college, Scripps, Scripps College, because yeah. I, I keep thinking of the oceanography place down in La Jolla, Scripps Institute of Oceanography, and I'm like, how is that connecting with Sean Flynn? It doesn't. Scripps what? College well, in, you, in Eating seaweed is good for you. Well, I've, I've had other people get confused and ask me, you know, you teach at Scripps Institute, so do you do the economics of fish? <laughs> <laughs> and on that, we'll be right back, and we'll solve the mystery of why Sean keeps showing up to political events all over Southern California. Time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, 
Call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders License number 603K610, also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Someone, I don't recall who, said that if you think health care is expensive today, just wait until it's free. <laughs> so true. That sounds like something Reagan would say almost. No, it wasn't Reagan. But I, I don't recall who, who, who said that. It was said back at the time of the Hillary Care yeah. uh, de- debacle. But that's true. And you made another great point at an at event I was at you with. I was with you at universal health care, uh, single payer does not mean that everyone will get health care. No, it just means everyone's in the system. Um, Cuba has single pair, and, you know, some people like to extol its virtues, but if you actually go and look, people can't get medicines, they can't get x-rays, the equipment's falling apart, they can't get an appointment, they just leave cancer patients to die. But technically, they've all got universal government-provided health care. And that's a really important distinction because these terms, health insurance and health care, have almost become used interchangeably, and I think that's part of the goal of the swamp, of the people that want single-payer, is because they want you to forget about health insurance and you know Vulcan mind-meld it all into the same thing, that health care is very different than health insurance. Yes, and we unfortunately built the only country system in the world where people expect to get their health insurance through their employer, and they also think of that, like you're saying, as access to health care. Is that a good thing? No. Health insurance through the employer? Well, actually, health insurance in general, because it creates a third-party payer system, causes all kinds of problems. Mm. Um, At best, you'd want it to be for uh, catastrophic illnesses to keep people from being financially Mm. bankrupted. Absolutely. And and that's prohibited under Obamacare, by the way. You are not allowed. All of those catastrophic health insurance plans were eliminated because under Obamacare, you had to meet all these requirements for providing benefits. Catastrophic health care went the way of the dodo bird. Except for except for people thirty or under, were were allowed to have the catastrophic, and one of the, one of the few maybe good things in the Republican bill that uh, is pen, now pending in Congress is it would allow people to uh, if you had the Cruz Amendment is you could choose any right. health care plan you want to exactly. There also another there's another proposal to say is that everyone have a. Uh, catastrophic plan, and then let's say if over five thousand, the insurance kicks in, and then you're responsible for your first five thousand, right? Which is often less than what Obamacare deductibles are today. Exactly, the deductibles have made you know getting health care unaffordable for people because they're paying the first what five ten thousand dollars, and they're paying on top of that a thousand two thousand dollars a month in premiums. And it's like, why am I doing this? I, I, I might as well just go pay the seven hundred bucks in penalties and walk into the emergency room whenever I need it. Right? Are one, the one, the one, Sean's nodding just yes, for yes, our yes, radio right. audience. Yeah, Sean, yeah. Yeah, Sean's agreeing with us. We, we, Sean's we, nodding. We, we, like, we like that. Not like nodding that. off because we're talking and he's no longer getting to chime in, but he's nodding. Yeah, just, be, just be quiet and let Don and I talk and nod your head in agreement. We, that's what we love over here. The one thing they're not trying is, seems to me, is free markets. 
Are there examples uh, that you point to in America? I know you talk about Singapore. Maybe we'll get to that. But in America, where they said that the free market works at providing high quality and lower cost. Sure, and it also demonstrates what's so perversely wrong about our insurance system. So the thing, the places where you know you've got free markets are the things that are not covered by health insurance. You know, which are called elective procedures. So you can think of cosmetic surgery, laser ISIC, LASIK surgery to correct uh, uh, myopia, nearsightedness. Um, and uh, there are a few other things like laser treatments for varicose veins. All of these things, because they're elective, are not touched by insurance. And there's free markets, there's competitions. Doctors have to advertise, they have to compete, they have to figure out how to do things at low cost and high quality. And the best numbers we have available to see these trends are for LASIK eye surgery. So 20 years ago, that surgery was $5,000 an eyeball. It's now 500 with a Groupon. And think wow. about that. With a Groupon. That's wow. capitalism. That's advertising. That's intense competition. Finding better tools, better lasers, better medical yep. equipment, you know. But, you know, here's the problem, quite honestly. And I think I, I think that the problem is we should not be fixing our vision because if we didn't fix our vision and nobody could see correctly, we wouldn't care about varicose veins because nobody <laughs> could see them. So I, that, that is the kind of insightful commentary you get here on Unite IE Radio. Everyone could have a face for radio. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Sean, you've been great helping us to understand a little bit more about the health care insurance. We want to get into the what's going on in Washington, D.C., but we also want to solve the mystery about what is it that we're, why is Sean Flynn showing up at political events all across Southern California, I ran into you at the Flag Day dinner down in Orange County, uh, where uh, uh, the House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez was the keynote speaker. I've seen you at some of the GOP meetings. Um, I've even seen you at O'Malley's uh, chugging down some uh, uh, non-alcoholic beer. So what's up with all that? We'll talk about that with Sean when we return on the United IE Radio program. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio program for the most important political office, that of private citizen, which I believe applies to every one of our listeners, all two of them. I think we're up to three now. Three? Yes, we're up to three. Polling says three listeners. Actually, no, I know I know for That's a fact right. that there are a lot of people that tune in because we have, uh, when we do events around the Inland Empire, we have a lot, I have a lot of people that come up and say, you know, gosh, I caught the program Saturday a couple weeks ago. Phil Haney was your guest. It was great. Whatever it was, we're getting a lot of feedback. No, I, do, I get that too. Is uh, In different contexts, the, uh, at court, with other attorneys, with, uh, the, even outside of political context, someone will say, oh, yes, I, you're on the radio. Wow. I even have a cop the other day let me off of a ticket because he said, "I no, I'm kidding. He said, Don Dix, you're, you're on the radio, aren't you? I can't give you a ticket. No, I'm just joking. But that is a subliminal suggestion for all the police officers that listen to our radio program. Whenever you pull me over. Right. And, you know, I shouldn't have even brought that up because I, I, I have not been pulled over for any and that, and that, anything. That, and that was that uh, you, you drive that uh, gray, gray, uh, gray Jeep Cherokee? Yes, gray Jeep License Cherokee. License number. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Sean, our guest, is looking at us like, what, what altered universe have I walked into here? Sean Flynn is our guest for the Unite Inland Empire radio program this week. And, Sean, we've been teasing about the fact that you have been seen – uh, like a Where's Waldo sort of contest all over Southern California at political events. Why are you so prolifically seen throughout Southern California? What's up? 
Well, I got mad at how the world's being run, which I think is a common feeling, at least in this room. Yeah, we and, share that. And I'm running for Congress here in uh, District 31 in Lincoln. Really? Empire. No wonder you're out of breath. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm running? Because I'm running? Well, you're running. Well, well you, know that, you know that, and Sean, that raises the, the very important question. The, the man who ran previously, Paul Chabot, he's, he told us that uh, no real American in his right mind would run for Congress. So, which, which is, is it? it? Are you not a real American, or are you not, not in your, your right, right mind? mind. Well, I, 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 I would agree. I and would you disagree. can object to any question we ask. I, I you think, I, well, maybe I'm not in my right mind, right? Because I'm, I'm mad as hell about how right. the country's being run sure. and, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to get there and try and work from the inside. Because as you guys know, being really serious activists, sometimes no matter how you try from the outside, it doesn't seem like anything can be influenced. So I want to get inside the belly of the beast Sweet. and run. And, right. you know, people tell me I'm a little crazy because, you know, there's only, there's 435 congressmen. What can you get done? You'll be a freshman. But... I would not be able to live with myself if I thought back when I'm 70 or 80 in my bed, looking up at the ceiling, maybe near death with cancer, and said, you know, when you were young enough and healthy enough to actually try to run for office and make a change, you didn't do anything. Hmm. So I, if that counts as crazy, I'm crazy. Well, no, we, we well, all the time, we are in search of people to uh, take that very important step of running for office, because as much as we can do from the sidelines as activists and influence levels of governance, whether it's city council, school board, county, state, which is very difficult to influence, or national, almost impossible from out here because President Trump didn't even come to California because he knew you know it was a waste of resources, and he did the right thing by concentrating on at the weak point of uh, the democratic messaging. But we we look all the time for people that are willing to step up and run, and it's very important that we find people that that are willing to, and then ask why why is it that you're running what are your motivating factors what what is it that uh, besides being mad what specifically what did you see going on that motivated you to try to uh, make a difference well you know i'm 44 now and some of my oldest of my former students you know college students i taught economics to are in their mid to late 30s now and this entire generation have been made into debt slaves by our student loan system um, they can't afford to buy a house. They can't afford to start families. They'll never buy a new car. And, you know, these are the kids in some sense that did everything right. They worked really hard. They got, got out with good grades in high school, went to college, went to grad school. And the America that they're about to be handed to them, you know, with huge unfunded liabilities, with a healthcare system that has been made unaffordable by dumb government policies, unaffordable housing, and, you know, a lot of places like California – this wasn't the California I ran into. You know, I was born in a, in the Philippines on Air Force Base, Clark Air Base in the 70s. My family came back in 77. Yeah, it was the Carter administration and, you know, inflation, stagflation. Everything wasn't perfect. But we walked into a state with the best K-12 through schools in the right. world, best public universities, beautiful infrastructure, lots of jobs for anyone who wanted to work hard, huge amount of opportunity. And that's all been piddled away over the last 30 or 40 years um, by centrist government policies. So give us in bullet points, I mean, all very legitimate issues. Give us the bullet points of what you do to fix those. What do you do to unslave, undebt slave the this generation? Get them out of their school debt, uh, make schools more affordable, uh, deal with the unfunded liabilities, whether it's state or, you know, national pensions or whatever. And uh, 
you know, bring in, rein in housing costs. What do you do? What are the policies? Okay, the housing costs are the easiest and most straightforward. We're building less than one half of 1% new housing every year in the state of California. If you built about 1% new housing, and obviously there are going to be political fights about where that housing goes, but if you just increase the supply, it'll be like Texas. Housing costs in Texas have actually fallen over the last 40 years, even though they've added 10 million people, right? So it's basically just supply and demand economics. So that, that one to me is the well, in California, fix. In California, 95% of the people are forced to live on 5% of the land, and the Democrats and the Greens don't want to expand that 5% of the land. Right. Because there's a lot of debt. You know, drive to Vegas, man. You see a lot of land we could be building houses on, right? Right out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and, and people would move there just like they moved right. to Vegas. And we could put up, we could put up uh, what are those propellers on the way out to uh, wind energy? We could put up wind energy out there in the middle of nowhere and give them their electricity. When we can put self-sustaining communities, Congress and Jerry Brown next to him to provide the hot air. Amen. I love it. We need we need actually a hot air sink out here, something to <laughs> soak up the hot air yeah. in California. Well, about the college, which used to be that uh, you could work your way through a particularly yep. a state college. You'd work part time during the school year, take a summer job, and you you could get enough money to work your way through college. And now the gov- now that the government's trying to help people get through college. You end up with a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars or more of student debt, which is having the effect of you don't buy houses, they don't form families, they don't have more children. Like you said, nothing makes things more expensive like when you make them free. Yeah, and what happened there was so you know there were government subsidies through the fifties, sixties, and seventies, but they were on the supply side. We built out the Cal State system, the UC system, the community colleges. We increased capacity faster than the baby boomers were turning eighteen and going to college. And so anytime you increase supply faster and demand, the price falls. You also get a lot of kids in college. Um, Then the baby bust happened starting in the early 70s. uh, Baby boomer generation was over. The colleges formed a lobbying group, colleges and universities, and they lobbied the federal government. They said, oh, my God, we've got all these empty seats here. Please help us fill them. And that's when everything went wrong because Greg pointed this out. That's when they started pushing the student loan program. And the colleges almost immediately figured out, wow, if, if you know, the federal government subsidizing these loans and essentially co- co-signing them for people, um, we can just raise tuition 6% a year, right. 6-7%. And so we had compounded interest on that. We keep talking about compound interest. The government goofed things up in consistent ways. And so we went from the mid-70s when a kid could work a summer job at Disneyland to pay the entire next year's tuition at USC. I verified this with several alums to a situation in which right now my students, you know, the place where I teach, it's embarrassing. We're charging $67,000 a year. That's crazy. It's, and it, it also creates these uh, huge salaries for the communists that teach at these schools. Yeah, and permanent employment. You know, things were very different. You know, there was tenure became widespread in the 1950s. But right. a school that actually had to be cash and carry could not fund a lot of the various new sort of departments, filmic studies and things like this that now exist. There'd just be no money for it because there wouldn't be enough students who, if they were asked, hey, if you're spending your own money, kid, and you had to work all summer to do this, would you really be taking a film study class on on X, Y, and Z or underwater basket weaving instead of taking an economics class or a business class? We actually subsidize bad decisions on the part of students because we make it look artificially free. Right. And they delay. But, of course, the kids are going to have to pay it back, right? It's also the, the administrators, the number of administrators oh, relative to the, the professors, relative to the teachers, relative to the students has just skyrocketed in California from 
2002 to 2012. The number of administrators at the California State University and the UC system went up by 212%. Well, we need a diversity department. We need someone to make sure that free speech and, uh, you know, minorities. And 17, and, and 17 vice chancellors of diversity. Right. I well, mean, and, and actually, you know, when you say need, there actually bizarrely is a legal need because as soon as you a school accepts federal student loan money, they have to accept all these rules handed down by the federal right. government, which actually mandates a lot of these dean's positions and the bureaucracy. And so we've created a system where we're mortgaging our students' futures, right? They're going to have to pay back $200,000 in debt. And where's the money going? Who's benefiting? Bureaucrats. You know, at the place where I teach right now, the total compensation for faculty, including retirement benefits, health care, it's only 12% of the budget. And that's typical for wow. a private college. The vast majority of the money is not going into the classroom or into teaching. So so vote for Sean Flynn because he's going to fire every administrator in every public school and totally rewrite the loan program. I didn't say that. And draw and make uh, tuitions great for, again. Free college. Tuitions I like great. Sean Flynn and get free college. <laughs> I'm not running He's, for senator from Vermont. Let's <laughs> be clear about this. Sean Flynn is our guest for this hour on the Unite IE radio program. we got to take a break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, where, like Will Rogers, we thank God we do not get all the government we pay for. <laughs> there are so many great, there is so much good stuff out there. And Greg, you are you are the perfect archivist for our radio program of all the Mark, the great yeah. Mark Twain, Will Rogers you know, quips. This yeah, is people, great. People always say to me that when it comes to useless information, I'm full of it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So we're talking to Sean Flynn. He is now disclosed to the Unite IE Radio listening audience that he is indeed a candidate for Congress in the what district? 31st? 31st. 31st. And who currently occupies that? Uh, that would be Pete Aguilar. Liar. He's an outlier. <laughs> Something same same guy that was in the T-shirt that said "Go yourself." Yes. Oh, yes, that that's that guy. Yeah, he wore a T-shirt with an explicative on it that was directed at people like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, his uh, voters, his constituents. He said, "Go blank yourself." Yes, and he used the U.S. flag to cover up the blank. Oh, on top of that, what a despicable human being! How is it that he occupies such an important office in the Inland Empire? We need to do something about that. Do you know anybody that's running for the 31st? Do you know anybody who's not in his right mind that might run for the office? <laughs> I know this guy, Sean Flynn. Let's give him a call and see if we can draft him to run for the California District 31 
for Congress. Yeah. Is it, uh, uh, like Mikey in the Life Serial commercials. Let's get Sean to do it. Let's get Sean, Sean to do, do it. it. Yeah, Sean will do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is proving it. Sean Flynn, our guest. Thank you very much for standing up and running for Congress. It's a big you know, deal. We just, we, we just crack ourselves up. <laughs> Silly. One, me too. Silly. Well, this is an extremely serious issue because the balance of power in 2018 could weigh on the uh, how Congress deals with this p- campaign promise. Literally, they campaigned on repealing uh, Obamacare. We played uh, last week a uh, compilation of John McCain and what four or five other people, Lindsey Graham, I can't remember who's saying we must repeal Obamacare. This was back in 2015. Right. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, we do what they asked us to do. We got control of the Congress. We got control of the Senate. We gave them the presidency. And then they finally in the Senate have an opportunity to vote the way that they said they wanted to vote. They, in fact, did vote in 2015 to repeal Obamacare. We give them the opportunity. Donald Trump says, I got a pen. I'm waiting. And what do they do? They fumble the ball this week. And what, seven Republicans? Was it seven? Seven Republicans. One of whom, Susan Collins, voted no back in 2015. So at at least she's consistent. The other six voted yes when they knew that the bill was going to get vetoed. But now that they know that the, right. the bill would be signed, it's like, no, they're going to renege on their promises. And for the benefit of our listening audience, we are right now turning the light of truth on our guest, Sean Flynn. Sean, if you were in Congress right now, would you vote to repeal Obamacare? Not unless they would replace it with what I've got in mind, and I'd love to tell your studio. Let's hear what and, you and, got and in the, mind. And the reason for that is the current Republican plans, in my opinion, are Obamacare light, and they're destined to fail, Okay, just like Obamacare is destined to fail. But then the Republican Party will get stuck with the blame, and the next time the Democrats are in power, they will stick us with single pair. So we need to avoid that. And the only way to avoid that is both repealing and giving something that the American public will love. And so I can I can actually tell you a combination of policies that will be able to provide all right. universal coverage, um, you know, pre-existing conditions, all the things that people are concerned about for, you know, catastrophic situations. Um, but because it has market-based uh, solutions there and, you know, involves the patient directly with the doctor without the third parties, we'll save 75%. And these are proven solutions. So, I, you know, if you don't mind, I'd love to tell you about yep. those. You got it. All right. The, the first one is so simple. It's price tags. In our current healthcare system, no one knows what anything costs ahead of time, which means you can't shop around. It also means the providers have no incentive to compete with each other. Anything that, you know, involves insurance, you know, say I, I hurt my knee today. Right, need to go get an x-ray. I would get a mysterious bill three months from now and with some crazy prices on it and then some order from my insurance company, you owe this much, pay us. So so all those 64,000 health codes you talked about should have their own individual price code based on that doctor's practice. No, no, no. no. You don't need 64,000. Believe it or not, they only had 14,000 three years ago. They just went up from 14 to 16,000 because they thought it would save money to have more bureaucracy. They found 50,000 brand new procedures in the last year and a half. Well, the number of employees, I mean, before Obamacare, one third of healthcare employees were administrators. Now it's half. Yeah, that's right. You're just oh pushing more paper. And you want to get rid of those bureaucrats. And the way you do okay. that is by um, creating some free market incentives and some incentives for people to conserve money. So if we had price tags, which we do for things like LASIK, right? Anything that's not touched by our insurance system now, there's intense competition. Those voluntary, non-medically necessary th- that's procedures. Right. It's in the ad. 
Yeah, it's in the ad, and the ad will also bundle a bunch of services, right? They don't have a separate billing code. They just right. say, hey, you're coming in for the afternoon. We're going to do X, Y, and Z to you, one price for everything. And we'll wax your car, and, too. Yeah, and the free market can do that, yep. right? And so um, that's one thing we need is actual prices in okay. advance so people can prices. comparison shop. Just price tags. Price tags, it's, it's so simple. We do it at Walmart and everywhere else, right? There's intense competition. And so that's one thing. And then the other thing is there's this magic combination of a specific type of insurance. You could call it health insurance because it has to do with healthcare catastrophes. But you put people on catastrophic health insurance, and then you make sure they have well-funded health savings accounts. And Whole Foods Market showed how to do this starting, I think, in 2002. And it was approved by their unions. Employees love it. And so what Whole Foods does, and, you know, they're a nationwide chain. We know this works everywhere. They go and they pay for the premium on a high-deductible health insurance plan, what I like to call a catastrophic plan. Okay. Because the emphasis isn't on the deductible. It's on the catastrophic protection. And then they give people the amount of money into their health savings accounts equal to the annual deductible. Is that that also a cafeteria plan, Section 125? Uh, You – Forget it. Forget my question. I'm going to no, no, go into the weeds. We don't have time you for You could it. set up a cafeteria plan that looked like it. And okay. so uh, well, another great thing is this is completely legal under current law. Even under Obamacare, you could do what But Whole the advantage Foods of an HSA is that you can take it with you. That's right. Yeah. yeah all portable. the money is portable. You could take it to your next employer. And so any money, but here's the trick. Here's what causes the behavioral changes, causes people to be good consumers and shoppers. You tell the people, any money we just gave you in your health savings account this year, it rolls over the next year. Any dollars you don't spend. And so people have an incentive to roll over more money every single year and save and conserve, which you don't if you're on first you know, first dollar coverage, government insurance like the VA, mm-hmm. everything's 100% on the government, Medicaid 100% on the government, um, even large chunks of Medicare are mostly on the government. You want to give people an incentive to shop around for the best deal to also not waste resources, right? Got I, it. I used to get sports injuries all the time and I would always get it x-rayed because it was only 15 bucks. If I had to pay the actual full price of that, say 100 bucks, I would have you know, been a little more judicious in sure. my money, which is a problem with Congress in general. They're spending other people's money, and so they waste it. They right. Never- so that's one. So price tags, health savings accounts, high deductible plans, catastrophic plans, that's second, third. No, no, no. So th- those, those in some sense are three because one of them oh, is okay. the, you know, that, that combination of health savings accounts, as you like to, we're pointing out, with the catastrophic insurance. So that's one, gives people incentive to reduce waste and you know restrain themselves from dumb spending and also to actually go out and look at all those prices look at all the price tags and find the one with the smallest number on it so they can save money for themselves and their families because as you said it's portable and they know the money rolls over the next year perfect and mike pence i mean i'm surprised is not part of any republican health care plan but he did this for state employees and for state medicaid recipients when he was governor of indiana yes and so i'm 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 hoping that in some sense, the Republican Party just takes a little time out here. Clearly, they don't get the votes to do anything currently. But if they knew that this stuff existed, and a few people, as you said, like Mike Pence, obviously know because he enacted things like this in Indiana while he was governor. Um, and they've also put the woman who was in charge, her name Seema Verma, of, of those two Indiana programs that look just like what I described. Um, they put her in charge. She's, she's now a deputy to... Um, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Tom Price. For Medicare. And, yeah, and so she knows how to do this stuff. So I'm hoping what, what happens here right. is the Republicans take a timeout, 
and then come back, say, in the spring with something that actually works? Because then I think not just will they get all the Republican votes. Uh-huh. I honestly think they'll box the Democrats mm-hmm. in and have to, you know, they'll get a lot of Democrat votes. We're talking to Sean Flynn, who's a candidate for the 31st District. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back with more with him and his solutions for common sense resolution of the Obamacare debate going on in Washington, D.C. right now. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We're visiting with Sean Flynn, an economics professor at Scripps College not institute in claremont that's one of four right it's one of four colleges in that there are five undergrad colleges so it's pomona scripps harvey mudd uh claremont mckenna and pitzer college and claremont mckenna is where they beat up that speaker prevented her for who that was heather mcdonald heather mcdonald Mm -hmm. and the the dean there just disciplined three of the people that organized that i understand any rate, uh, but I digress. This is the lightning round with our guest, Sean Flynn, and we're going to ask him a couple of quick questions as we wrap up. Candidate for the 31st District, Sean, will you come back on the Unite IE radio program after today's experience? <laughs> yes, because I'm crazy. <laughs> and he must be electable then. Greg, yeah, absolutely. Your, your question. The Republicans just uh, passed a, helped pass cap and trade in California. To part, first part is what do you think about what the Republicans did, and second part, do you believe that human caused global warming is real and is a serious problem that needs to be dealt with? Uh, so I think the Republicans, uh, you know, made the crucial mistake of thinking that uh, what works in theory always works in practice. We know from what happened in Europe with their cap and trade program, it just gets completely politicized and actually doesn't even work for stated objectives. As for global warming itself. Um, I've looked at the evidence, and the alarmists don't have a very strong case. You know, I, lo- I think everyone loves the environment and wants to protect it. But if you look at what's actually cut carbon emissions in this country, it's the free markets. It's um, you know using a lot more natural gas and things like that. So I think people need to think a lot more broadly here, even if they believe in global warming. So cap and trade bad. Republicans who voted on it badder. <laughs> in eight seconds, build the wall. Um, what well, doesn't necessarily have to be a wall, but we need to scare the border. We need to absolutely make sure we know who's coming across the border and, uh, you know, that they're not criminals. We'll have you back, Sean, for more on the United IE radio program. Tune in every week at 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock sometimes for the United IE radio program back next week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.